Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. I am your host, Brett Ridgway, and I'm excited to have as my guest today, David Ray. Dave is a communications coach and trainer. He served 28 years combined active duty and reserves in the U.S. Navy. Additionally, he worked as a government contractor for 18 years, crafting and executing tactical war games for the Navy in San Diego, training carrier strike group leaders and watchstanders on operations and communications best practices. He's currently running his third business where he helps small business owners and rising managers perfect their presentation skills so that they can better connect with and make a bigger impact to their clients, customers, and the general public. His mission is to eradicate death by PowerPoint from the face of the earth, one presenter at a time. He published his first book in October 2022 called Verbal Vigilante, Vigilante I should say, to show people how to write influential and persuasive communications such as letters, blogs, press releases, and emails, so that they can get what they want in any situation. He's your best ally and your worst nightmare. He has an engineering degree, is retired military, is married to a chief financial officer. He's a musician and artist at heart, a checklist and process maniac with a little OCD on the side. Welcome, Dave Ray, to the Spotlight on Speaking show. Good morning, Brett. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you here. So, You've got a fascinating background, Dave, but what we want to talk about today is something that is a part of the monetization part of being a speaker. So, you know, whether you're a keynote or a platform seller, you know, there, there's critical elements. Obviously, you have your signature talk. You have to know how to get on stages. You have to determine whether stages are the right stage for you. But as important Absolutely. as anything is you have to learn how to monetize that time on stage. Yes. One of the most popular ways to monetize that time on stage these days is to offer a mastermind program of some type. And so today, I specifically, specifically want to talk, Dave, about mastermind programs as a, a byproduct of doing platform selling or whatever. And you have a lot of experience in that arena, which isn't in, in your initial bio or whatever, but we've talked about it before. So I want to kind of slant things that way and talk about the what a speaker needs to think about in terms of running a mastermind program. So First of all, in your mind, Dave, how would you define a mastermind program? Well, a mastermind has been uh, around for many, many years. Uh, it was first discussed in uh, Think and Grow Rich uh, back in the 1930s, and uh, they've become pretty trendy the last couple of years. I've been doing them for about six years, 
And I've modeled mine after another local company here in San Diego that's been doing them since 1991. Wow. So over 30 years of masterminds. And um, they're basically, the best way to look at them is a group of super partners that will get the best out of you in any situation. They can do them for business reasons. They can do them for personal growth reasons. Um, mine have particularly... Um, Mine have been uh, centered around business operations. I've been running them for over five years. And in order to help and encourage and support business owners with the expertise and knowledge and wisdom of other business owners to get the most out of them and to help them be the best they can be in running their business. So you talked about you model your mastermind programs after an organization there in San Diego, Dave. So let's talk about that model a little bit. So when you talk about a mastermind model, give us the basic parameters of your model. Okay. So uh, most masterminds that are being run today, they work on a monthly meeting basis. Ours work on a weekly meeting basis. So we have a much a higher repetition rate. We get to see each other every single week and we give each other the, the support and help and advice and uh, recommendations that they need to get through their day-to-day -day operations. It's usually around, uh, well, depending on the number of people, it can usually be about an hour to two to three hours. Um, hours in particular are 90 minutes. And a lot of masterminds, you get to talk about your particular issue uh, fairly infrequently, maybe once a month or once every quarter, depending on how many people are in the mastermind. But our meetings have been a little different model. We meet every week and everyone gets to do their discussion topic every single week. So we, we have a very short uh, to the point session with each person. They get about 10 minutes and uh, you know they discuss their problem that they're thinking of or that they're working on. And then they get the advice and suggestions and recommendations from all the other members. And sometimes it's uh, like hard advice, like I know a, a CFO or I know an accountant that you need to talk to. Sometimes it's just, just emotional support. They're having a bad week or they've just you know, missed on getting a lot of clients. Whatever they need that week you know, is the goal of the mastermind to support. So you talk, Dave, about the number of people in a mastermind. So in your mind... What is the minimum number to have a successful mastermind? What's the maximum number you can have to truly get a, a good group going? Yeah, the, the ideal spot is maybe about seven to eight people. And I like that number because there's always going to be someone that'll, that'll miss a week because they've got family issues or they've got crises with their business. But you know that way you get a good number of different viewpoints and you get enough people that can give you... Um, different expertise and different experiences, but you don't have so many that you're talking over each other and there's always going to be someone who feels like they haven't had a chance to mention, you know, something that's on their mind. So seven to eight people is uh, ideal. So does it take a strong leader to keep things corralled and on task? <laughs> it does. It really does. Because you're dealing with type A personalities, you know, business owners or business leaders, you know, CFOs and CEOs uh, for whatever the, the type of the structure of the mastermind is. But usually you're dealing with type A personalities and everybody wants to help. Everybody thinks that their idea is valuable, which in most cases they are. But 
you have to keep the uh, number one, the timing has to be kept so that everybody gets their fair share of the time. And you have to keep the topics really uh, on track because a lot of times you'll go down rabbit holes. Someone will say something or uh, someone will think of something that really isn't exactly uh, on topic with the needs of the, the person who's speaking. And you have to kind of gently guide the uh, discussion back on track so that that, you know, for us, we do 10 minute increments for each person. Those 10 minutes can be valuable. But even on the other masterminds that really run um, multiple hours and you've got, um, you know, only one person, you know, one or two people speak every session, you might go for 45 minutes on one person. Mm -hmm. You still have to keep the discussion on, on track and on topic because you don't want to be going down rabbit holes because, you know, anything that you, you get off track, it just, dilutes the effectiveness of the conversation. So do you go in with a formal agenda to a mastermind meeting? Is there ever training involved aside from people just sharing their problem? Yes, exactly. So that's the, the model that we've been using um, for, you know, since I've been doing it for five years and since um, my mentor Barbara has been doing it since 91, we have a very set agenda every week. Um, most weeks we do a training topic to start the meeting. And the first week of the month, we actually do monthly planning. So we uh, are very big on written goals and planning. We do um, monthly planning. We also do a quarterly planning session outside of the meeting. And we do a yearly planning session every January outside of the meeting. But the meetings themselves, we, uh, we start off, everybody talks about their accomplishment for the week very briefly. So you get off to a really positive start and we do our training topic or, you know, conversely the first week of the month, the planning for the month. And then we get into each person's um, discussion of their issues. And uh, those, what we've been working on in our um, model is the day-to-day -day operations. So you can have a mastermind that discusses um, larger uh, strategic goals. You can have a mastermind that discusses personal development and challenges that you're facing just being the best person you can be. Or in, in our case, we uh, concentrate on the day-to-day -day grind, you know, um, buying a new photocopier when your photocopier just died last night or working on finding your first employee or moving out of your home office into a commercial office or working on your price lists. Maybe you're not charging enough. Maybe you think you're charging too much those day-to-day -day in the weeds operations and you get advice and ideas and recommendations from the other business owners. So you get different perspectives and you walk away with a lot of aha moments like, oh my God, my prices are too low. I really need to bump them up or, oh, you know, I, I really don't want to hire an employee. I want to go through an employee leasing company. Whatever it is, it's going to be something that you could never come up with by yourself. You get the benefit of the mastermind is the synergies of the other members and their experiences and their viewpoints working together and ideas bouncing off of other, other ideas. And uh, eventually you'll, you'll get just the most amazing inputs when you put um, several like-minded people together in a room. So in your mastermind world, Dave, where you have owners from different types of businesses, do you have a, a hard and fast, only one CPA, only one financial planner, only one X, one Y, one Z in the group? Uh, sure. Um, we don't have that uh, particular um, uh, restriction. The, um, the restrictions that we look at really is confidentiality. You don't talk about the information outside of the group. 
And you have to be positive. You have to be looking at how you can help the person and support them. And you have to be honest. If you think that they're talking about something that either they're just kind of covering up, they really don't want to admit the real problem, you, know, you can kind of call them on it in a, in a respectful and polite way. But uh, you, know, you want to be honest, you want to be direct, and you want to uh, you know, have your goal in mind is to help the other members. So how do you keep the momentum of the group going? Um, we've had um, an interesting thing. You know, in past, we've always met in person. And obviously, since COVID, we shifted to Zoom like everybody else. But the one thing that we've done over the years is uh, actual in-person get-togethers. I've done uh, vision board parties. We've had Christmas parties or holiday parties. We've had birthday parties. We had actually uh, a big, huge celebration when uh, my mentor, Barbara, and her company um, had 25 years in uh, operations. Mm -hmm. We had an enormous party. We had about 100 people. All of our current and past clients from the years came by. And I think that's, um, number one, that's the thing that people really get out of uh, masterminds or out of meetings is the interpersonal stuff. Mm -hmm. But aside from... You know, the businessy part of things where every single week or every single month you're getting together and you're talking business, business, business. People like to get to know each other on a, on a personal level. And that's how we've um, decided. And especially, you know, with COVID, we haven't really done anything much, you know, for the last three years. But we did just recently have a, a party, a, a dinner party get together at one of our members' homes. But uh, keeping that interpersonal connection, the one-on-one -on -one connection, getting to know each other outside of the business and knowing about their, their personal issues uh, has been a big uh, factor in, in keeping our mastermind groups really coherent and working together over the years. Now, do you think people, Dave, really want to be accountable or do you think a lot of people just join a mastermind because they want to feel part of a group, but they don't really want to be accountable? Well, that's a really good question <clears throat> um, because the accountability part is usually one of the biggest strong points of the mastermind group. Usually you join a mastermind because you want to improve in some area and you want the help of someone else holding your feet to the fire. That is one of the biggest things that uh, I've always heard over the years and I've seen in uh, people getting their goals is you are going to um, let yourself down sooner than you will let someone else down. Mm -hmm. So when you're working on stuff by yourself and trying to work on a project or a long-term goal or whatever it is, you'll skip a day here and there, like even if it's uh, your, your workouts or you're drinking your water or um, you know reading your books, you'll skip a day here and there and you won't even think twice about it. But if you've got a commitment to somebody, okay, I'm going to read 30 minutes a night, every night you know, for the month, or I'm going to be drinking my you know, two or three or four liters of water every day and you're writing it down, and then you have to report back to somebody next week, say, well, you know, I only read uh, three nights this week. You know, it's, um, there is a trigger in there that people will um, relate to much more strongly when they have to um, be accountable to someone else more so than just themselves. So yeah, the accountability part is usually the biggest benefit of the mastermind groups. I have some other questions I want to ask you, Dave, but before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world, and now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world? 
If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to breadridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we're back with the Spotlight on a Speaking Show. And my guest this week is Dave Ray. And we're talking specifically about mastermind programs. So you mentioned, Dave, that you do yours weekly. Yes. And is that weekly for a six-month contract that they're agreeing to, a year contract? I mean, what's the time frame that when you, when you initially have somebody sign up for that they're committing to? Yeah, there's um, also different models on that. <clears throat> a lot of people out there are doing yearly masterminds because um, that seems to be a good, um, nice size of, or time block of commitments. Um, our commitments in the past have typically been a minimum of three months. But um, what I've seen over the years is a lot of my clients and, and even Barbara client, Barbara's clients, my mentor, mentor uh, they, they stay for years because they're getting the support that they need to grow their business or to grow themselves as a business owner. And um, I've had many clients that stay with me for two, three years. Mm-hmm. Um, it really depends on what they're getting out of the group. Um, you know, sometimes people evolve in, um, in some cases you've got a, a newer business or you've got a, a smaller business. One of my clients in particular, um, when she started with me, she had only been in the business for um, a few months She had um, two employees and over the years, her business grew so that she was having uh, up to four employees at one time. And she had actually gotten several awards from her, uh, her insurance business uh, for producer of the month, producer of the quarter. And, um, you know, I attribute that and she attributes that to the support we gave her in our mastermind group. But it really, it's the important thing is that the support that they get um, adjusts or um, transforms over the months and over the years to give the person the support that they need. If you're not giving them the support that they need, then they're going to just sort of drop off uh, over the months or depending on um, you know what they're getting. But basically, um, a lot of masterminds nowadays do for a one-year period and uh, you know we'll try to re-up the the clients afterwards. Um, mine in particular has just been an ongoing with a minimum of three months, but um, as long as they were getting support, you know, I've had clients uh, 18 months. I had one client that was actually in another mastermind when he joined mine. So he was doing the two different masterminds at the same time, which I felt was a little duplicative. He ended up only staying with me for six months. Mm-hmm. And then he ultimately went back, you know, went back full time and full force with his previous mastermind. But um, yeah, generally, uh, as long as they're getting the support, masterminds can go for years. I know Barbara has got clients that have been with her for 20 years. Um, because ever they had, get the ever had caused Dave to kick somebody out of your mastermind? Um, yes. And that's a real hard decision to make, but you have to be looking at what you're doing to support the client. You don't want to be taking their money and not really giving them what they want. If for some reason they're not really as committed as they said they were, or if they're not putting in the effort to to come to the meetings every week with um, a specific issue that they want help on, they just sit there and say, oh, I haven't got anything to talk about this week. Um, you have to be realistic with them and honest with them as 
you know, what are they trying to get out of the group? Uh, you know, sometimes people actually need some social um, uh, assistance or especially during COVID, we've saw a lot of people that were joining groups and masterminds more for the social than the developmental. Right. And um, you know, in some cases, maybe, you know, if you go in knowing that, you know, as long as they're contributing and they're, they're helping the other members with, um, you know, concrete and specific, excuse me, concrete and specific and honest um, discussion topics and, and recommendations, then, then yes, they can, they can be a good, strong member and, and really only be getting the social benefits out of it. But as long as they're contributing and uh, coming in honestly and openly and uh, working with the group, um, that's the best kind of clients you want. But if they're not doing that, it, it really doesn't serve the group to have them coming every week. So aside from the obvious, what differences have you seen in how you have to run a mastermind in a virtual world versus doing in person? Yeah, there's um, a couple of issues. You know, when you're doing Zoom and you're looking at yourself in the camera and you're trying to look at the other, um, you know, little pixels of the other members in the little uh, boxes, it's very... Um, mentally draining. It's much more difficult to run a meeting on Zoom than it is in a room with people. And it's just, you know, you're concentrating more and you're trying to be on, you know, the whole time. So you're wondering about your, how do you look coming across the camera and all that stuff. So number one, being in a Zoom meeting is much more mentally tiring than being in a physical meeting in a room with people. So you have to take that into account. Um, you have to be careful that you don't um, kind of overtax or overtire the members. Secondly, um, you have to realize that some people, when they're in a Zoom situation, they really want to say something, but they maybe aren't forceful enough or don't have the, the um, assertiveness to you know, raise their hand or uh, you know, raise their electronic hand. Mm -hmm. So you have to be... Um, inclusive of all the people. You have to make sure that not one person dominates the conversation. You have to make sure that if people you know, sort of raise their hand a little bit and, and like they want to say something, but then they drop it down and then they're sort of letting the other people talk, you have to make sure you get back to them uh, before you finish off with the one person who's speaking so that you can get a good variety of uh, conversation, good variety of ideas uh, and uh, you know the thoughts and the recommendations. Um, it really is um, more of a managerial kind of a situation for the person running the group when you're on Zoom than it is when you're in person. But otherwise, it's still the same. You have to make sure the content, the uh, topics uh, stay on, on track. You uh, don't want any one person to dominate the conversation. You have to make sure that everybody stays positive. You have to make sure that um, you know the person um, that's speaking about his or her issue uh, does uh, ask for something concrete that we can work with rather than just rambling. So it, it is very similar in a lot of ways. All right. So you shared a lot of great tips on how to run a successful mastermind. What maybe would be a mistake or two that you've seen that you've made or you've seen others make running the mastermind that you'd highly advise people not to do? Yeah. Um, when I was first starting, I... Um, did more talking than listening. You really have to listen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so everyone in the group, when, when the one person is doing their thing, has their 10 minutes, they're explaining their situation. You really have to listen very actively to make sure that you're getting uh, the full extent of their issue. 
And then if you're going to uh, suggest anything, you might want to you know, repeat back to them what you feel is um, the, the crux of their issue so that you're really giving them something that they can work with. Um, which in like any situation when you're dealing with a client or a prospect or, or a child, you do want to listen and make sure you're really understanding what they're saying, or maybe they weren't able to really explain it too well. So you have to really ask some questions and then say, okay, based on that understanding, this is what I would either suggest, or this is what I would um, relate as my experiences in the past. All right. Well, great advice on masterminds. Now, Dave, I want to give you a couple of minutes to talk about your newest venture and what you're doing for people and how they can get involved in your world if they so choose. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Thank you. So uh, in 2023, now I've pivoted a little bit. Uh, I am now working as a communications coach uh, with the re with the release of my book last year, uh, Verbal Vigilante. I um, was working on trying to help people write more effectively, more persuasively, more influentially so that they get what they want. And I've realized that um, not only in the, in the writing, but also in the speaking, a lot of times people don't necessarily uh, get what they want in a situation. So now what I've put together is a training program on public speaking so that you can become an influential, effective, entertaining, and engaging speaker. And that really is any situation, whether you're um, talking to a group of other employees, maybe doing a, a monthly or a weekly training session, or maybe you're a business owner and you have to um, promote your business. So you've joined a rotary club or a networking group, and you have to uh, give a five or 10 minute presentation mm -hmm. on your business, you know, every, maybe every six months, or maybe you're um, an uprising manager in a company and you have to give a presentation to the CEO. Maybe he comes out and visit, he or she comes out and visits once a year, you know, from the Midwest or something. So any situation you have to get up in front of people and present, and you want to be engaging and effective, you want to be entertaining so that they remember what you said, you want to be impactful so that they get something out of your presentation. That's the goal of my new uh, training program. And uh, like I said, or you read in my bio, my goal is to eradicate death by PowerPoint from the face of the earth. No more horrible presentations. And I'm doing it one presenter at a time. <laughs> so where should people go to get more information on that, Dave? Um, they can go to my website, DaveRayCoachingAndConsulting.com. They can look me up on my uh, Facebook page. Um, I've got a YouTube channel, Dave Ray Coaching. I've got Instagram, Dave Ray Coaching. And um, well, they can just call me directly. Um, I think we'll probably put the the information at the um, at the text information from the from the discussion today uh, i'd love to chat I'm, I'm, a, I'm sort of an old-fashioned guy i would prefer to uh talk over the phone for five or ten minutes rather than just answer an email so um any way that they would like to talk to me i'll, I'll even take an email all right well awesome well i want to have, sincerely thank dave for joining me today as my guest on the spotlight on speaking show and for sharing his expertise on masterminds if you're a speaker and you're looking at how to best monetize your time on stage masterminds can be a wonderful way to do that in terms of the amount of revenue you can generate in terms of the amount of work you got to put into it and all that so take a look at that and listen to this again to get all dave's tips and as always i wish everybody out there listening or watching the greatest success in all that you do and may this year be 
your greatest year yet. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in. And remember to visit our website at SpotlightOnSpeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.